welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the relieved Matt. Hello. Uh, so here we are. We're talking Series 3 in general. We've reached one of my favourite parts of uh, doing this uh, podcast, where we reach the sort of period of self-indulgence between series. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. we uh, do, our, do our series wrap-up, and then next week it's Classic Who, so I'm... I'm uh, in uh, pretty fine fettle, you I think of just about surviving. Yeah, I've got right like, now I've got survivor's guilt. <laughs> yeah. People will have watched this not knowing. Everyone it's been a tough this, watch yeah. this series. Well, I think maybe I, I I'm slightly more. I mean, I used to rank this series I think higher than I do now. I genuinely think you maybe soured me on it a little bit because when I was doing my I, I was. Uh, spoiler for later in this episode, I was, t- I was putting together my usual uh, f- definitive episode rankings for the series. I found myself feeling like, I used to like this episode, and I'm, now I'm sort of putting it in the meh pile. Yeah. Um, so, I genuinely I, I think you've you've tainted do, my Do you think it's, my now that we're three series in, Yeah. the first two series, a lot of the time when things happened, it was the first time we'd seen it. Yeah. And by now, it's just like... It does. It's starting to feel a bit more familiar, for sure. So, I, I, I've got a few talking points, as I, as I always do. A few questions, because I, like, I like to quiz you. Obviously, you're my. In many ways, this is an experiment. You are my guinea pig, a, mm-hmm. a Doctor Who skeptic. Yeah. Stepping in and, and, and taking on the mammoth task I think of watching three's undone a lot of the good work of one and two. Yeah, which is saying something because he didn't particularly enjoy two. <laughs> no, no. So. That being said, the first thing I wanted to ask you was, you've now had two whole series of David Tennant. Yeah. What would you say is the one thing that you particularly are enjoying about his incarnation of the Doctor? I've always liked whenever he's highly emotional, screaming, shouting. Yeah. So throughout the course of this series, the one thing I've liked was sort of the opposite I liked the coolness when he was being ruthless yeah you know we had it in Family of Blood where he was basically torturing people oh yes yeah. and he was okay with it yeah it sends shivers down your spine that moment doesn't it yeah and also we you know if we're including Runaway Bride which I you know I think we should kind of bundle it in with series 3 really um, then you know we watched him just sort of stand there Grimly, as an entire yeah. species is murdered, babies no less. Yeah, yeah, it's, and he, it's pretty he, hardcore. He stuff. sort of strikes the same pose in both of them, where yeah. he's sort of looking down, no emotion on his face. Yeah, it's that weird grim, fixed stare that he does. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a hallmark of his his performance. I think. Mm. So, conversely, what would you say? Are there any sort of niggles, anything that do annoy you about his incarnation? Not so much, no. I mean, you know, last series, the one thing that annoyed me was when he was always wearing 3D glasses. Yeah. But then that got revealed why. Yeah. And he hasn't done anything in that vein here, I would say, in this series. I would say in series two in particular, the thing that wound me up was this, he had a, the Doctor's always a bit of a know-it-all, right? But he had this, oh, yeah, it's one of these, I know, this is, it felt like there was never moments where he was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like we've got an, I couldn't pinpoint anything in particular, but they feel like I feel like they've dialed back on that just a little bit in series three. Yeah. And that's one thing that I do appreciate about it. It's a slightly more measured performance for that reason. Um but yeah, overall would you say you're enjoying Tennant more than Eccleston on a part? Like like try, I know it's hard to separate the, the 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 doctors from the stories that they feature in, but yeah. just on on, a, on examining just the the characterization of the doctor yeah maybe i think i'm starting to put tenant above mm. but again it's because i've only seen three series i've only seen two doctors and yeah. tenant's the one i've seen more of yeah i think it'll be a more valid conversation maybe when we get into three four doctors. yeah yeah absolutely and it's something we'll kind of kind of keep revisiting i think but yeah uh, yeah the more doctors you see the more fun it is to compare them. i mean the first doctor is the worst and then the second doctor he was okay but yeah, yeah 
Tennant and Eccleston are better yeah. of the ones we've seen. I'm really keeping my fingers crossed. I think you might really like the third Doctor. Oh. I'm hoping. I mean, he's very different to one and two. Yeah. So I think you'll 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 appreciate the contrast when we get to the third. The Doctor. people involved in the first Doctor should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> You are just straight up trolling the majority of our listenership at no, this point. A, a, <laughs> anybody involved in early Doctor Who, anyone, you know, there'll be people out there that are like, first Doctor Who is the best Doctor. Yeah. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. <laughs> and you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> okay. It's not so... even subjective. Objectively, okay. it's awful. I'm just trying. I'm just going to keep talking over you because I just do not want to hear this. <laughs> anyway, so moving on from the Doctor, we've had our we've effectively concluded Martha's arc. Mm-hmm. She got one series. Now that we've seen it all, how do you feel about her story? Is there a reason she's only given one series, and is that reason poor reception? I don't think it is because. It was uh, the way Doctor Who works. It's not like American TV where they were still filming and writing the series as it was airing. Hmm. It's all written well in advance, shot. They, they, they might be finishing up editing the last few episodes but as the first series is starting to air, but it's far too late to make change I, any decisions really about. I, I don't really know how. I think I need time to reflect on it. Yeah. yeah. But Martha's so negative a lot of the time mm. and then at the end she's like oh i'm i'm not negative i'm okay but i i don't know i don't see much of an arc there at all yeah yes she saved the world but you know if if but the, she spent most of her time pining over the doctor yeah if if yeah. the question you ask is would I care to see her come back in series four? Well, no. Yeah, that was my follow-up. No. 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 So when she said, I'll see you again, Rista, you were thinking, oh, God, I hope Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. yeah. Let's just gamble on a new one. <laughs> right? So I just... No, have, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I can't criticise the performance, but just the character of Martha just did nothing for me. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. I. So here's where I am with Martha, right? She's one of my favourite companions, but I think she has one of the worst story arcs of any companion. I, I, because basically, the core concept of Martha as a character, apart from the whole unrequited love thing, I think is really cool. I think she's, she's funny and intelligent. She's resourceful. But I, um, I don't know if it, sometimes it's like they can't make their mind up. Whether they want her to be this intelligent medical student, yeah, or just like a girl about town, they can be both. I, I she, know, but, you know, why can't she be both of those things? But tonally, she's all over the place. I don't know. I, I, it, it's hard for me to pinpoint, right? But I, I really do like Martha as a character. I think she's, mm. I have such affection for her as a character. But the one sticking point for me is the fact that I feel like. She was done a massive disservice by RTD and and, and um, the rest of the writers, but really, it's RTD's decision to to give her this story arc. I in my head there is a a rewritten version of series three where it's just a platonic relationship with the Doctor from the get go, right. and I th- I would have loved that so much more. For, for example, we we start series three, and the only character we know is the Doctor. Yeah. Like, we had no idea that Jack would be back. No. So, we're supposed to have this panic and attachment when the Master takes Martha's family hostage. Yeah. And our only knowledge of, like, Martha's mum is she's a complete dick. Yeah. The only person... Yeah, yeah. The only thing we know about her is she doesn't like the Doctor. That's well, unfortunately, th- yeah. this series, the only character we know, therefore the only character we like, is the Doctor. Yeah, that's the other thing where I think Rose gets a better crack of the whip than, than Martha is that her family, like, uh, she's got quite a slightly unconventional family, but, you know, uh, Jackie, Mickey, and also Pete, even though we don't get that many episodes with Pete, mm. all really well-rounded, well-developed characters, whereas Martha's family, 
really get no development at all. Yeah. So it's very hard to get attached to. Like you want, you understand. I feel like you understand Rose so much by getting to know Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and understanding that she grew up without Pete um, as a father and all of that, you, that unlocks so much of Rose as a character. But, but with Martha, there isn't that same depth. But Rose comes from nothing and wants more for herself. Yeah. Martha seemingly has a lot. Yeah. And is just happy with that. She has a lot. And I think the thing is, if you cast your mind back to Smith and Jones, what's what she's escaping from isn't the lack of opportunity. It's the pressure of her life mm. in that she's got the pressure of being a medical student and, you know, endless exams and, and, and all, the, all of that. And on top of that, she is like the sort of emotional linchpin of her family and everyone's relying on her for everything. And I feel like if they reiterated that a little more throughout the series, if the, the other episodes set on Earth, we'd maybe seen more of that again and how she's put upon by the, by the rest of her family, that could have helped, I think, to develop Martha more mm. as a character as well. So, I, I, again, I just feel like if they just ditched the whole mooning after the Doctor angle, that would have freed it up, freed up so much more opportunity to develop Martha in more interesting ways. But, but despite all of that, there's just something about Martha as a character. I really do like her as a character. I don't know whether it's just because I fancy Freema Agim, and I don't think it is. I mean, I, it doesn't hurt, but... <laughs> I, no. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm 100% in the Rose camp. Fair dues. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think in the past we've done, comparing Eccleston to Tennant, if it's Rose versus Martha, it's Rose all day for me. Yeah. I mean, you're not alone in that. I think that there, the in the Martha v Rose debate, I think you're probably looking at a solid seventy five, eighty percent going Rose over Martha. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. See, the thing is, I I almost don't want to pick a side there, because I think I like them both for different reasons. I think they're in. You know what? What are other people's criticisms of Martha? I asked you early on, what, yeah. how does the fandom view Martha? And you've said it, it seems to be massively negative. Why? I think mostly because people don't like the unrequited love story arc. Right. And how that kind of dominates her time on the show. I think a lot of people view Martha as basically just wasted potential. Right, okay. So they don't actively dislike her. It's not they that she does anything wrong. It's it's just like, yeah, it's just like you had this interesting concept of a character and then that's all you do with it. Yeah. You know, and then I think some people also, and I, I have no real truck with this notion, but you, you know, we'll play the whole Mary Sue card thing. Like, oh, well, she's so smart. She's so clever. But I, no, she is flawed. The, 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 the con, if you really want to use Mary Sue effectively as a criticism, you have to be talking about a character that basically is shown to have no flaws whatsoever and everybody loves. We don't, we don't see that with Martha. She rubs people up the wrong way. She definitely has flaws and, and moments of weakness. So, it's unfair to Tara with that brush. But yeah, so looking ahead, series four, we're going to have a new companion. Mm-hmm. What kind of a companion do you want? What do you want to see? I don't know. Maybe a male companion. Yeah, that would be interesting. You know, so it's... I mean, even with Rose, there was like the hints of romance. Oh, more than hints by the end. Yeah, and I know, I know with Jack... There's a little hint of that. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, maybe someone where this romance element isn't an issue. It could even yeah. be another female. But, but just... Let, let's just go on swashbuckling adventures. Yeah, yeah. Just no no hanky-panky. Let's just... Yeah. Let's just go have some fun. Yeah. That'd yeah. be nice, wouldn't it? What's that song? We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Oh, no. <laughs> You never heard that song? No, I've never heard we that. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Oh no. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Oh no. It's a great song. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And it should apply to Doctor Who. Absolutely. No, they shouldn't have to take their clothes off. Quite yeah. right. The 
people that are linked to the romance uncles <laughs> in Doctor Who should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> so, uh, what's next on my little list here? Um, so, so far we've had three series now, and mm-hmm. you've probably started to notice a bit of a pattern in how RTD approaches his series arcs. In the in way the, they're all the same. Yeah, and he'll just like pick a word. And it'll just litter that word or phrase yeah, through but the series. But the structures are all the same as yeah. well. It's like we have the introduction, yeah. then we go to the past, yeah. then we go to the future, yeah. then we have a two-parter, yeah. then we have a throwaway episode that doesn't mean anything, yeah. then we get to the finale. That yeah. is how they're all structured. Yeah, absolutely. So, But specifically thinking in terms of those like sort of series arc words that are like peppered through... Yeah. So, for example, Saxon. So we got Mr. Saxon in Series 3. We had Torchwood in Series 2. We had Band Wolf in Series 1. Of those, what do you think has been the most effective? Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf still? Yeah. Bad Wolf was the one. You never forget your first time. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. And it was the one where, at first, I acknowledged it before the show did. Yeah. What is this? What's going on? Yeah. And then, unfortunately for Torchwood... I knew that there was a show. Yeah, so I think I, that's that's a lot of people coming to Doctor Who at this point. Um, Torchwood is like the second that starts getting over, they're like, "Oh, yeah, it's a thing, isn't it?" And then they'll start yeah. googling it, and yeah, that kind of yeah. so that kind of undoes that whole series. I, to I think extent. Mr. Saxon probably had more impact if I cared about classic Who and I knew yeah. about the Master because when it was revealed, he just turned into some bloke. <laughs> yeah, yeah he went from being it's, an old bloke to a slightly younger bloke. I, I, that one really is for the fans, I feel like. But I think of the three, the one that's done most deftly, I think is probably Mr. Saxon. I feel like he's honed the, 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 uh, the formula by that uh, point. Yeah, and I would say perhaps not the Saxon element, but the face of Bo, you are not alone. Yeah. That was the moment that got me. Oh, yeah. That, that moment of payoff is... Yeah. Really, really good. So, we were talking last episode about how, you know, is the Master dead? Isn't it? I mean, we saw his corpse being burned, but then uh, there was that, that, that ring. Yeah, his corpse doesn't matter. Yeah, that ring that we've not seen at all. Yeah. I guess he was wearing it. They oh, never, like, man. show him. Like, they never have, like, a close-up of yeah. his hand. Or... I don't know when he's, like, tapping on the table. Maybe. I don't know. It's certainly they don't do much to establish the ring as an important thing, do they? I don't know. Shall we Except stop recording and watch that scene? I'd rather not. Okay. <laughs> I've, 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 I've watched a watched a lot of Doctor Who over the last forty eight hours. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't think they do is a thing. I don't, they don't think they really do much to establish it. But obviously, we did get that shot, that very purposeful shot of the ring being plucked out. So. With the possibility, at least, that the Master may return, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? I don't really mind. You'd be up for a bit more Master shenanigans? Yeah, but he'd have to be different, wouldn't he? He couldn't come back as the same actor. So he'd have yeah. to rejuvenate himself like the Doctor did. Yeah. But then... Who would he want to be the Master, then, if you could cast a new Master? So it's got to be someone that's good at playing, like, fickle bad guys. Yeah. Slightly unhinged, maybe. Jeremy Irons. Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did initially go for Alan Rickman. Yeah. But obviously he's passed away. So I went for his brother in Die Hard. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. You know what I've always thought would be a good master? Jonathan Price. I can see it. Yeah. It would be a it would be a quieter. I mean, you've obviously you've not seen as many incarnations of the master. What about the guy that plays Stannis Baratheon? Oh, he'd be an interesting. He'd yeah. be good. I, yeah, I don't as, a, know as the a actor's more name. You, you, uh, yeah, as a more sort of a less overtly crazy. Yeah, but like it's all going on behind the eyes. Yeah, yeah. get Stannis. It. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be up for Stannis master. That would be interesting. Hashtag Stannis Master. Yeah, get that trending. Trending. <laughs> so, um, my last question for you: mm-hmm. Is Jack really the face of Bo? Oh, in a way, I hope so. Yeah, because they they are my two favourite characters so far. So you wouldn't feel cheated if it turns out that your two favourite characters are actually just one favourite character. 
Does yeah. it enhance or does it diminish? Because you're down one favourite character. Yeah, but it would double my love for yeah. one of them. I guess. I don't know. In a way, I hope they're not. Yeah. Because I, mean, I don't want to it's... see an episode where John Barrowman walks into a room and comes out a giant head. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird to see that transition, wouldn't it? Yeah. Does, it, well, does mean, that like happen? I feel like that maybe happens over millennia. Yeah. Like his I mean, head just gets bigger and bigger. The face of Bo is like millions of years old, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So, I don't know. It could be one of those things where it's like, you know, he realises humans are changing. We don't even know if Jack is human. But he maybe goes for a Lady Cassandra-like therapy and ends up a giant head. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say we don't see that transition. Right. It's or I don't think it's ever established to any greater degree. We only ever get that one throwaway scene where it's ambiguous. He could be the face of Bo. Then again, maybe now, he isn't. I, I don't. I don't want an answer from yeah. you. But whether we whether he is or he isn't, yeah. is that acknowledged later on? Or does it remain a mystery? No, that's what, what I'm saying. I feel like it, I, I'm pretty sure if memory serves, it just remains a mystery. Oh, so like, late, later on it doesn't go, yeah, he's definitely facing No, that. I think it's pretty much, that's one That's one for the headcanon. You, mm. can, you can say he is or he isn't. Whichever one you want to believe. Maybe you think it just doesn't matter. Either way. Because I'm assuming now that we've seen his death, even though his death happens in the future, yeah. and the Doctor could run into him in his past, yeah. I'm assuming we don't see Face of Bo again. Do you want me to spoil that one for you? Only if the answer's no. no I'm pretty sure we don't. We don't I think, see. I think we're done with Face of Bo at this uh, point. Good. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to know about yeah. Face of Bo, because obviously Jack can come back. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, my my question for you. Yeah, go for it. So, we've watched a hell of a lot of crap this series. Mm. Arguably. Arguably, all but one episode. Mm. In amongst all that crap, yeah, we've seen some real stupid side characters. Who's your favourite? My favourite stupid side character yeah. of this series. So you've got options uh. like Chantho. Yeah, You've I, got I have a soft spot for Chan- Chantho, it must be said. Laszlo the Pigman. <laughs> I can't even remember oh, most yeah. of this, these episodes. Um, Tallulah. Got... I love Tallulah. Because oh. she's such a stereotype. Like I said in, on that episode, I feel like she's just walked straight out of the Woodhouse novel. What, what even I are the that. rest of the episodes of this series? 20, not 24, 48. Yeah, 42. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare Is it 42? Yeah, it's 42. Oh, because it's 24 backwards, not 24 yeah, doubles. Yeah, and also it's 42 minutes, which is the duration of an episode. Blink, that that was good. Gridlock we had. We, oh, we had, what about Ardlo Hanlon as um, Cat Bloke? Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Lazarus, you could have Mr. Lazarus. Yeah, you wouldn't want him though, would you? Daleks in Manhattan, fuck me, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm sticking with Tallulah. Right. I'm going Laszlo, so <laughs> we're a couple. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're kind of touching on it here. This series has been one of highs and lows. One high. At last, uh, so the, the people we, yeah. associated with yeah. Doctor Who that didn't work on Blink should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> I'm going to keep throwing that out there. There's a yeah. lot of people got a lot to answer for. Fair enough. So... Come on then, because we, 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 this is the thing we're establishing now. Every wrap-up, the one series high, one series low. What's your series high? Oh, Blink, by a country mile. Any particular moment in Blink, or just that episode as a whole? I, I would say the performance of Sally Sparrow. Yeah, Carrie she, Mulligan. She takes a good episode and makes it great. Yeah, it really is an arresting performance. Oh, what was my, my one series low? Yeah, you've got to pick one moment that stands above the rest, or one 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 idea, one one just. When face of Bo died, ah, that wasn't necessarily a bad bit. Not a bad, not a, not. But a... I'll miss him. Yeah, bad bit. Probably the reveal in Daleks of Manhattan. The first time we see one of the pigmen. 
Like, that, not, that was fucking atrocious. Yeah, it doesn't inspire confidence, does it? In the story as a whole, when that maybe that, that bit comes out. on gridlock where it's like, oh look, we've had some kittens. Maybe <laughs> or when that... it turns out that it's just crabs. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the bit on gridlock where it's like, oh, we eat biscuits made of our own shit, <laughs> and Martha awkwardly puts the biscuit down. <laughs> I love that. That's just a bit of dumb humour. I like that. Martha's mum. Yeah, would be a low point. The She's CGI in Lazarus. Come on, you got to pick one. Cards on the table. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm probably going to go with that, actually. The CGI monster from Lazarus, Lazarus Experiment. I very nearly picked that. Yeah. It's it's atrocious, isn't it? Yeah. It's inexcusable. And when you look at, as we said in, in the last episode, lo- don't love the idea, but the Dobby Doctor, mm. good CGI. Yeah. And the old man makeup. In fact, yeah. I'm going to say, I'll go on record. Yeah. Lazarus Experiment, probably the worst episode this series. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Certainly see for the it... old man makeup. And the bit at the end where they ring the bells. And yeah. I mean, we discussed it on the episode. <laughs> and you'd think, oh, that'll scare him and someone yeah. will knock him down the hall. Or maybe yeah. he's just weak to sound yeah. or something. But they just ring a bell and he just like goes, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's That's not... probably been my least favourite. That or 42. 42 was shite. Alex in Manhattan was shite. Well, um, Ridlock was okay. We'll we'll get there. I'll tell you my I'll, I'll tell you my my rankings in a bit. Before we do that, uh, my my highs and lows. High for me, the last sort of five minutes of Utopia, Return of the Master, the reveal of You Are Not Alone. Yeah, that I, I, I feel I, like, I like that, and I feel I would like it a lot more if I was a hardcore fan. Yeah, no, definitely. I it, I think that's. It's understandable that it it play it has greater resonance if you are a classic fan yeah. than not. But every time I watch that, I genuinely like it. I get that same sense of thrill again, even though even though I know exactly what's coming. I've watched that scene on YouTube like multiple times and stuff. Like every time, it gets me. So, and my low, fucking witches in Doctor Who. Yeah, it goes back to that one question. Why is it always aliens? Because <laughs> it's Doctor Who. But we so, even got future vampires yeah, in this, yeah. and they weren't just once. The only time <laughs> we've had a non-alien monster, and it was a big man who turned into practically a big alien. Yeah, rubbish. <laughs> Absolute rubbish. So now that you're you're in high spirits, yeah. You, you know, you, you're riding high on, on the back of Series 3. What if I told you there's a little bit more of Series 3 for you to enjoy? It's not this Titanic episode, is it? It's not the Titanic episode. We're not there yet. There is a little deleted scene, if you like. Mm-hmm. A little bonus episode that fits in nicely between the end of um, Last of the Time Lords and the start of Voyage of the Damned. Right. And we are going to pause the episode and watch it now. So, we just watched Time Crash mm-hmm. by Stephen Moffat. Yes. For the Children in Need uh, telethon event of whichever year it was. I forget, it's 2007, 2008 maybe? Maybe 2007. 2007. Yeah. That would be eight, I think. Three series, one per year. Yeah, it'd be eight. Um, but anyway. Well, series three finished in June 2007. Did it? So, whenever Children in Need is. Ah. It could right. be early 2008. Well, anyway, um, so the the 10th Doctor meeting the 5th Doctor. Okay, so that's not the Doctor we're going to watch. No, that's a couple of Doctors later. You'll get there eventually. Okay. But um, what did you think? Okay. It's, it's sweet, isn't it? What, what did he mean when he said, you're my Doctor? So that's kind of breaking the fourth wall there. Mm-hmm. David Tennant loved Doctor Who growing up. He said, he said in interviews, one of the reasons he got into acting was because he wanted to play a role like the Doctor. He wanted to be mm-hmm. the Doctor. Right. And he's basically living out his childhood dream doing that. And when he was growing up, Dave, uh, Peter Davison was his Doctor. Right. So that's kind of just a little tribute, basically, to, you know... And, and also, obviously, it's referencing the fact that in many ways the Tenth Doctor is playing on the tropes of the Fifth Doctor. He says, you know... Prior to that point, it had been older actors. Davison was the youngest person to ever be cast 
uh, as the Doctor, which is why they could kind of get away. They obviously they have to reference the fact that he looks a bit older now, but yeah. Yeah. he's still sprightly enough that he can get away with uh, doing something like that. Whereas you wouldn't have managed to get Tom Baker convincingly no, being no. the fourth Doctor. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just. Did he always wear celery? He did. He always. Any wore... reason why? There are a couple of uh, references to it in the script, but I, I won't. I won't give you the details. Right. But uh... and then one last question: yeah. When they sort of say goodbye, yeah, he says "Today's to come," and yeah. then David Tennant says "All oh, my love" to the long ago. To long ago. Is that how the Doctor? greet himself is that not well? always but on that on that occasion it was a it was a brief and uh, in the end pleasant reunion i mean the doctor has run into incarnations of himself in the past mm-hmm. in episodes such as the three doctors the five doctors um it does happen usually when the the, the the show wants to have a bit of a celebration bit of a pat on the back and the joy the great joy of a multi doctor special episode is that it's mostly just different versions of the doctor arguing with himself right he's just they just because they the doctors used to be the smartest person in the room and they all have a slightly different personality imagine all that ego in one space yeah. and right. we see it in miniature there um that and that's the fun it's just it's different versions of the doctor basically annoying each other ribbing each other for their appearance we're like oh I, I can't believe he used to wear that or uh-huh. you know a bit of fun isn't it but also greatly significant in that yes we have previously semi-acknowledged previous doctors like the journal in human yes. nature yeah. but here we are two incarnations of the doctor one new one classic on screen together as canonical as you could get because you know it is sandwiched right in between two episodes of the new series uh-huh. so that for, for a classic fan that's a significant moment right there not for me <laughs> so that the first Stephen Moffat episode that's not uh, he, he not... can do better <laughs> I mean to be fair it's a 10 minute thing you know filmed yeah. in an afternoon for a uh, children in need special yeah. <laughs> and for that I think it is it does its job really well and it's it's a special little moment, but I I I know it. I, I obviously it's not going to have the same impact for you because you've not seen any Fifth Doctor yet. But I know the the hardcore Doctor Who fans who are listening to this would not forgive me for glossing over Time Crash. Okay. So there you go. Um, should we get into rankings then? Yeah. I mean, your rankings fairly straightforward. I've, I mean, I've got. I've got I count eleven stories basically because I'm counting Utopia separate to yeah. uh, Sound of Last of the Time Lords and I'm including Runaway Bride, um, but for you I guess it's just ten One. ones and then one ten. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> basically, uh, you know I've said it all along since we've watched it. Blink is my outright favourite. Yeah. So perhaps when we've gone through your list, I just want to talk about Blink. Yeah. Go off on a bit of a tandem. Sure. Tandem. Okay. Tandem tangent. Okie dokie. So, I've I've sort of broadly categorised these into bad, mixed, and good. Mm-hmm. So, starting with the bad. The baddest of the bad. Number eleven. Shakespeare Code. Fucking witches. Yeah, I don't know I if I'd put that as my worst. It's just for me. It's just that hang up. It mm. potentially is is a better script than some of the others, but it just. I can't get over it. it. I just every time it just it makes my blood my blood boil. I I want to In, skip that episode every I time. Mean, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but knowing that we'd finished the series, yeah, I bought the two thousand and eight Doctor Who yeah annual just to have a flick through, see if there was anything interesting. A lot of it revolves around those witches, does it? There's like a little board game. There's a oh. quiz. They're, they're peppered all the way through that it. That is a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah. Shakespeare Code, not a fan. Uh, ten, Lazarus Experiment. Oh, def- that would be probably my yeah. bottom. I think it's, it's hard to separate the two. I, I don't have a lot of... Mark Gatiss does his best as a performer. Like He is a good actor. And he's well cast in that role. It just isn't a good script. In, in the past, we've differentiated outright yeah. bad episodes 
from adventurous episodes that missed the mark. Yeah. Which would you put this as? The latter, I think, because... Well, it does a couple of things. One, it's the first episode that isn't just aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, it is actually a monster that is human-based. It's like a, a, an old-school mad scientist episode. And classic Doctor Who did used to do more. Just It was just a crazy scientist doing a weird experiment, whatever. I like that, that trope. Mm-hmm. I just wish it had been done better. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I admire the ambition of it, but I, I just didn't pull it off on any level, unfortunately. Um, episode nine. Uh, uh, sorry. So the last of the bad episodes, number nine, forty-two. Yeah. I put it above Lazarus Experiment because, in many ways, I would enjoy. I'd almost enjoy watching Lazarus Experiment more because it's at least memorable. Forty-two's biggest crime is that I forget it the moment I finish watching it. And sometimes I forget what's happening during the episode. And we've we talked about it at the time. We've seen it before. Yeah. You know, you could watch forty-two, or you could watch, you know, the Impossible Planet. You could say to to call back to the previous episode because obviously it's fresh in our mind. We, we recorded this back to back. It is the uh, Ring Raiders to Impossible Planets, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. If you like. Except I like them. I'm just saying it's perhaps an inferior clone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it piggybacking off a greater success. Did, did you know that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themselves were piggybacking from another comic property? I did. I know what you're going to refer to. It's uh, Frank Miller's Daredevil. Isn't Correct. It? Yeah. yeah. I've never actually read either, but I, I, I have encountered that nugget somewhere. Couldn't tell you where. I think I've got Frank Miller's Daredevil on that shelf. In fact, yeah. I can see it from here. You can uh, well, anyway, we're, we're off task. We're, yeah, yeah. Let's let's crack through this. I, you know, I've got a baby at home. My my partner is going to be increasingly annoyed. Long do I do that? So we're into the mixed episodes here for me. Yeah. Number eight, Daleks in Manhattan. Uh, Evolution of the Daleks. That'd be a bad episode for me. I just it, it just has moments. I just like oh, if we just had a bit more of that, a little less of the old pigmen. This could have been something fun. Um, and I do think also its biggest crime, really, is that it's a Dalek episode com- coming so close off the back of previous Dalek episodes. Yeah. I think if it had more breathing room, if we had time to really miss the Daleks, it would have had more impact. Agreed. Number seven, I've got The Runaway Bride. I had fun with it. I had more fun with it last time I watched it than any previous time. I don't know why. It's okay. I'll put my finger on it. I mean, I know I've slated this series. That might be best of the also ran. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it, it, it's solid. It's not amazing, but it's solid, I think. Um, number six, I've got Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords. It's a mixed bag for me. Now, I, I was going to ask you this last episode, yeah. but I'll ask you it now. Is it the worst series finale we've seen so far? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And it's a shame, because the Master is one of my favourite villains. But you never have any feeling of danger like you do in the other two no you just you're off on that stupid sh- airship for most of it yeah. and it's just yeah and the whole the doctor's not in it for half of it because he's just old yeah and then he's shriveled little i, I think the people man. associated with this episode should be ashamed of themselves <laughs> hear that rtd yeah uh right episode my, my number five gridlock yeah, I, I read when I, whenever I look at the Wikipedia. Yeah, I saw that like people apparently love this episode. Yeah, I've never I, understood the love I, for it. I get that it reintroduces Face of Bow and sets yeah. that up, and it's fairly important in that sense. The rest of it's not good. It's a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I mean that bit where they all just start. The whole world sings a hymn. See, I do like that bit. I do like that bit, um, but it's but yeah, it's it's a just mixed bag for me. Um, yeah. I think it's I, you know the best of the the mixed ones for me. Uh, so moving into good territory, you are definitely going to be annoyed with me here. Number four, Smith and Jones. Just absolute dog shit. Love me and you do. What can I say? I'm not going to apologise for that. Hospital on the moon. Yeah, love it. No. Episode three. Moving on. I'm not even going to give you a yeah. chance to, to contest that more. Episode three, uh, number three, I've got Utopia. Yeah, the Ma- end, I mean, it's, the it's, it's all right. Yeah, it's the last five minutes, bringing it up a couple of notches there. Uh, but but that, that just means 
that you've got family of blood either at number two or at number one. Yeah. And it's not very good. The this premise. Is, the premise. Do you know what? How much of a limb you're going out on? The here premise. That. The premise is a really good idea. Yeah. And I like the whole chameleon art. Yeah. Idea. And the execution is flawless. Yes, I agree. But like, <laughs> the villains are a bit shit. No. Nope. The scarecrow bit's a bit shit. No. Nope. Like the children in the school, a bit dislikable. Disagree. I mean, it's it's good. It's a really I, good episode. Why Why couldn't they just do the whole bit, but without the family of blood? Why couldn't what? they just have the Doctor faced an enemy, and it was so powerful that, a bit like what the Master did, and he just turned into a human to get away from it, and then he had this vision with like the future of how happy he could be, but he knew he had to be the Doctor again. It's not a story, is it? That's just some things. Yeah, but you don't need like... <laughs> I don't need a shootout in a village hall. I love a shootout in a village hall. It's brilliant. Sharp. Anyway, number two. What do you reckon? Have I got I, Blink I re- or Human Nature? I reckon you put Blink number two. I have. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in the shade bin, am I? Along with uh, everyone involved well, in the first Doctor's era. I'm sorry, uh, but you're wrong. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. I like. I think human less nature. of you as a man. <laughs> I look. Blink is a really good episode. The best. It's not. Look, it's 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 interesting as a diversion, and it and and it's so well done, but it doesn't give. Are you, are you telling me of the three uh, series we've watched? You think Family of Blood is the best episode? No, because I don't know whether I put either of them as better than um, certain episodes in previous series. I, I, I put Blink as top. Yeah, no, I. And what, what, a lot did of you, people... what did you say was your favourite in series one? Can you remember? Ah, uh, what would it have been? Possibly Dalek. In series two, you said Fear Her, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, re- I really love Human Nature. And you know what? No, fucking, yeah, Human Nature. Of, of what The episodes we've seen so far, Human Nature and Family of Blood, my favourite story. Uh, honestly, I think yeah. less of you as a person. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, there you go. That's my ratings. <laughs> right. Done. Going Moving back, on. Going back to the best episode that we've watched, Blink. Yeah. Now, we, we discussed it a little bit at the time. Uh-huh. But that is based on a story from the 2006 Doctor Who annual. We did, yes, it is. Yeah, and I've been aware of that trivia for a long time, but I've never had the opportunity to read it because I've never bothered spending the sort of one pound it presumably costs to buy it on Amazon. Uh, from eBay, yeah, forty-seven pence. <laughs> um, I've got it in front of me here. Yeah. Okay, and it's a story. Sorry, called "What I Did on My Christmas Holidays" by Sally Sparrow. Yeah. Now it differs massively. That's interesting. Okay, in the story, Sally Sparrow's 12 years old. Yeah. As opposed to a young woman. Yeah. And the biggest difference doesn't have weeping angels in it. Does it not? No. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Okay. Long story short, she goes to an aunt's house on holiday. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's similar in the sense that she pulls back some wallpaper and there's a message that says, help me. Yeah. Okay. But unlike in the story we've seen, I think, is it 1969? Yes. The Doctor gets sent back to 1985. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a little sub-story. The whole thing's happening at Christmas. Yeah. But the the main thing they have in common is that the Doctor sends messages to Sally on From video. The past. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the only similarity. Pretty much. I mean, once or twice it gets close. But I read the whole thing thinking, you know, I really enjoyed Blink. I'm going to sit down and (laughs) read, you know, the story of Blink. It'd be quite quite fun. I mean, it's written by Stephen Moffat. Yeah. um, But not as good. Fair enough. I mean, to be fair, it's a, it's a short story written for an annual, so... Yeah, it's clearly, have clearly aimed at children. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued, though, because obviously 
I think I believe the story is RTD read that short story, thought, you know, there's something there, and gave tasked uh, Stephen Moffat with developing it into an episode. And obviously, that's where we landed on Blink. But yeah. so it just goes to show that you know, little acorns can sprout magnificent oak trees. Yeah, because if you read that story, you wouldn't think there's much there. No, it's not as good as the show. You'd have to have a good imagination to get from that to where we end up with with Blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And you know what? I'm go- I'm might borrow that off you at some point if I may. And Your I'm, mother might. I'm intrigued yeah. to have a have a read of that. All you have to do is admit Blink is the best episode we've seen so far. That's a high barrier. You're asking me to clear there. So the only other little thing I've got in my running order here is uh, a little thing you introduced in the last series wrap-up, ranking the series as a whole yes. so far. So last time we both agreed series one higher than series two, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Where are you slotting series three into the Bottom. mix? Really? Yeah. Below I'm, series two? I'm one, two, three at the moment. Wow. I'm putting series three above series two. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I think... Like I say, there's that one episode I loved, and the rest is just so meh. I wonder if how differently you'd feel about it if human nature had worked for you the way it does for me. Really? I I understand that it's there is something there, but it it I, makes me cry. Blink never makes I me think, cry. I think the more I think about human nature, the more I dislike it. I think you need to revisit it at some point. No. <laughs> That's never going to happen with any episode of Doctor Who, no. is it? You're, no. you're a one and done man. Yeah, yeah. I used <laughs> to watch every episode twice for this. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That was and insanity. I, I soon gave up. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you chose to do that because that, I mean, the quality of the podcast may have gone down, but, you know, just be your own. of my life and yeah, my exactly. general well-being. You've, you know, you've got to find that balance, haven't you? Um, so, before we finish. Yeah. I always like to get you a little gift at the end you of the do. series. Yes. Okay. So this is no different. Would you like to take a guess what your gift for series three is? I have no idea. Bearing in mind it could be anything. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it's going to be Doctor Who related. It is. I mean, I'm hoping it's got K9 on it because I love me some K9. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Do you yeah, want to right. close your eyes? I will I grab it. I will close my eyes. Okay. My eyes are closed, listener. On the table behind me. I genuinely haven't got a clue what, what's coming up here. Okay. You can Sounds open your eyes. Jangly. Oh, look at that. Uh, I'm sorry it's not inscribed. <laughs> wow. And I think the chain's a bit wonky. It just needs to loosen. But if it's you a pocket pu- watch. If you push the button on the top, it opens. Other Ooh. side. Other side. There we are. And I've set it to the correct time. So... It should say 7.15. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's... uh, A little pocket watch for you. That's amazing. Um, It possesses the spirit of an evil alien. (laughs) I'll I'll just have to be careful with it, I guess. I won't go opening it willy-nilly. Yeah. Wow. It's got a little hook so you can put it in your pocket. That's amazing. There you go. I I hope it didn't cost actual, like, serious money. Yeah. Euros. Euros, eh? How many euros did this set you back? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. The soul of a time world's priceless. Well, that's certainly true. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's amazing. A, a little gift at that's... the end of the series. Oh, thank you. You're more than welcome. I, I, this is... You know how awkward you make these episodes by doing this? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not grateful. I am. It's just, I'm not... just nice to be nice. It is, yeah. I never, I never get you anything. I mean, I got you. We, 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 what are we on now? This is episode thirty-eight. So yeah. I've watched easily over fifty hours of Doctor Who. Yeah, that's my because gift to of you. you. That's my gift. Two to days you. of my life. I'm recently <laughs> married. I could be spending that <laughs> on my life. God, You've God. got a child. What are we doing? <laughs> I think how much I could have progressed in my career. Can, can I just say, like, this is the one. This is the one time I get out of the house where I'm not like at work or looking after my child. This is the one thing I have chosen to do with the scant free time oh. that I have now. What are we doing? 
I love Doctor Who. What can I say? We're adults. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks very much for listening. <laughs> Join us next week. We will be discussing The Demons, a third Doctor story. Um, gosh, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, oh, Matt, I think... I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, and we're, I'm glad that we are both equally excited for that. I hope you're excited too, listener. Until next time, uh, thanks very much for listening and cheerio. Bye now. contact us our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on twitter we are at timenorspacepod and thank you to alexander urban for his smashing arrangement of the doctor who's on the